Welcome into another edition of Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, with the broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM. Mr. Tom Thayer and Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio, moving the chains with Pat Kerwin. Also joining us today, coming up in our next segment, we'll be joined by the analyst for the Minnesota Vikings, our good friend Pete Bursich. Thanks to our producers, Jordan Treadup, Dan Barilli, and folks at The Score, Chicago's Sports Radio 670. Good to talk to you guys. A lot to discuss. The best news of all, Tom and Jim, is that every stadium has been cleared now for 100% capacity. The Colts were the, the last one to come through. And so, boy, we are tapping on the door of normalcy, big Tom and Jim. Yeah, how happy does that make every owner in the NFL? Because when you talk about how much that means to what the team can do in the future, they need season ticket holders in the seat. But then when you look at it from a fan perspective, you love the anticipation of the crowd filling the stadium, whether you're home or away. You like to see how important their role is to the NFL. So I'm excited. The, the seats in the stands are going to be filled, and it's going to be an exciting year in the NFL. Yeah, I think everybody's looking to get back to their traditions, whether it's going down to Soldier Field and tailgating, going in and sitting in their seat, and they know the people right next to them that have probably been season ticket holders for, for so many years, and they just want to connect again and root and cheer for their, their football team. So it's good to see. I'm glad the Colts uh, finally were able to make that happen, and I think every fan in the NFL is excited to get this season going. All right, Jim, I stick with you. We didn't get a chance to talk to you last week. You were at the, the Senior Bowl Hall of Fame, uh, which was outstanding, uh, by the way, to listen to all the uh, different guys and, and listening to their perspectives on uh, life right now and football from their uh, days playing it and what's going on and who wants to be in the, 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 the big Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, et cetera. Uh, but the news regarding the Bears over the past couple of weeks uh, obviously, uh, the big news was uh, the uh, anticipation of putting an offer in to the Arlington Park site and how you feel about that as an ex-bear who played at Soldier Field and just what that due diligence means. Yeah, I, you know, for, from my perspective, and I obviously was playing for the Bears when they tore down Soldier Field and we had to play a couple of years in, in Champaign. And I always felt the, the, the stadium, meaning new Soldier Field, it was short-sighted. You know, they can't even host a, a Super Bowl. They can't even, you know, minimum you have to have 70,000 fans to host a Super Bowl. Bears only seat 61,000 in Soldier Field. So to me, it just, it makes a lot of sense to really do it right this time. And what I mean by that, if you do a domed stadium in Arlington, you're able to host the Big Ten Championship game. You're able to host uh, Final Fours. You're able to host all kinds of events. So I think what more, what city is more perfect for hosting a Super Bowl then Chicago, you've, you've got all the accommodations there. You've got great restaurants. You've got great hotels. That was the concern in Indianapolis. They had to build that JW Marriott hotel in order to really get it approved. The Bears in the city of Chicago already have that infrastructure in place. So to me, it makes all the sense in the world for the Bears to want to pursue this. And Tom, you've, you've felt similarly, and again, it's all about assets. So whether or not it happens or it doesn't, uh, the investigation is worth the, the squeeze. No question. Yeah. I mean, they could build an on-site um, practice facility that are Arlington, you know, one thing living downtown and you drive by soldier field from the end of the football season till when the weather returns, it sits there dormant. There's no activities. And when you talk about what 
uh, dome stadium, retractable roof could house during those dormant months for a stadium. You're talking about everybody's going to be able to capitalize on that. And it's not an egregious drive from the city of Chicago out to Arlington Park. So if they were able to host that Big Ten championship game, the Final Four, a Super Bowl, all those wintertime events, everybody's going to benefit from it. It's not going to be people within a three-block radius of the Arlington facility. So I think um, from all of us, we're all, you, I, and Jim, we're all fortunate to see every stadium that's been built in the NFL. And you see what the possibilities could be here in the Chicagoland area. I think they have to investigate the opportunity. And we'll be headed to L.A. to see uh, SoFi, which we were not able to go last year, called the game from the studio at WBBM, uh, and then also the Vegas facility. Uh, we're going to check that out as well. Uh, Jim, you'll be uh, touring training camps again, I am assuming. So that'll be uh, a recharge for you as well to get out of the office and get out of the studio, get out of your home a little bit, because you do learn a heck of a lot. Uh, where are you scheduled to see? Who are you scheduled to see this uh, this summer? Yeah, we're going to hit the Jets. We're going to hit the Patriots. We'll hit uh, Buffalo Bills. We'll hit the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll head south and hit the, all the Florida teams. We'll head out west hit uh, the San Francisco 49ers and Seattle Seahawks and Denver Broncos. So we've got a big slate of camps that we're going to. And we always try to go when they're in pads. I think you get a really good indicator of what a team is when they're in pads, when they're actually hitting. I think you get a sense of their toughness. I think you get a sense of their identity and what they're going to materialize and ultimately be uh, here this uh, upcoming season. You know, Tom, everybody asks the same question, uh, and it usually comes with an answer before you can get your answer out. Okay, they okay, you meet some fans like I did last weekend downtown Chicago. Hey, what are you looking forward to the most at training camp? You know, and then they say it's got to be Justin Fields, right? And, you know, I, I, I look at the broader scope. I'm not so signaturely looking at just the quarterback position, but I, I think it's inescapable that's what everybody wants to see is the young quarterback but there's still a lot of other things to see so beyond Justin what else would you say are on your list of uh on your checklist of things you got to see you want to see at training camp listen if the Chicago Bears fans completely ignore full pad contact drills one-on-ones and nine-on-seven teamwork of Tevin Jenkins I think you're ignoring a bigger factor going into the stadium into the season than Justin Fields, because look, you got to solidify that left tackle position. And when we have a chance to talk to people around the league, they understand how important that role is to the overall success of the offense. If you have versatility and athleticism at the quarterback position, you can kind of, you know, have a plan of attack and how you're going to, you know, figure out where are you vulnerable up in the offensive line and you can make adjustments accordingly. But you have to see Tevin Jenkins and how he fits in against all those different types of drills that you're going to see him face. I, I think it's enormous to see. And I also think you're going to have to pay attention to the cornerback position opposite of Jalen Johnson. You're going to have a line there of guys that are looking to fulfill the obligations to that position and that role, the cornerback position has an equally important role as the left tackle position in overall offense and defense of success. Jim, yeah. as you look at the roster, what are you, what are you looking forward to seeing? Yeah, I'm with Tom left tackles important. Desmond Trufant. Does he still have it? The uh, gas left in the tank ops corner. Hey, I want to see Eddie Goldman. He's been away from football for, for a year. 
Can he solidify the defensive front and be stout up front? That's going to be a key component to the Bears' defense and stopping the run. And I want to see Sean decide how is he going to be as a play caller. You've got a new play caller at the defensive coordinator position. I think all Bears fans should want to keep their eye on that as well. And NFL players have until tomorrow to opt out of the season, July 2nd. Uh, so that'll be interesting if, if anybody does. And, of course, the angle, Jim, of Aaron Rodgers taking that chance. Uh, because he'd still preserve a, a big chunk of his money if he chose to do that. He may mysteriously come down with diabetes and opt out. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, it, anything can happen in these uh, times that we're in right now. So, you know, I, I, some tells me he's going to show up. He seems to have a really, you know, really affection for his teammates and has affection for his coaches. It's really more geared towards the front office. So something tells me he's going to be there. All right, more to come, including our annual visit with the analysts of the Minnesota Vikings as we begin our tour through the NFC North. Pete Bursich, that's coming up next here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, Jim Miller from Sirius XM, NFL Radio is moving the chains. And please, for our now annual excursion through the NFC North, we stop first for the Minnesota Vikings. And due reason, not because we don't want to talk about Green Bay or Detroit, but we got a Chicago area guy in the mix here. Pete Bursich, the uh, veteran analyst for the Minnesota Vikings radio network, the former Vikings player, the former coach, and Providence New Lenox star along with the Golden Domer. Pete, how are you doing this summer? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Fantastic. Trying to work our way through normalcy. I mean, that's the number one thing. We're going to have people at training camp at Hallisaw for the first time ever. I don't know what your uh, team's plans are for training camp, but that's the most exciting part for me. Yeah, we want to see these guys on the grass, but it's the fans getting to see them up close and personal for the first time in a long time. Yeah, the Vikings, will they will have fans in the seats uh, for training camp. So I know they've announced that, uh, you know, for the media and for us, the, the people that are dealing, uh, you know, with the players a little more closely, that is, yeah, that's going to get back to normal. I mean, with everybody, um, you know, getting vaccinated, it's, it is going to feel a little bit, a little bit more like the old school training camp instead of, uh, you know, instead of what we had to deal with last year. You know, Pete, you got the longest tenured coach in the NFL that hasn't won a championship, Mike Zimmer, after eight years. <clears throat> but you also have Kirk Cousins. So when you get those fans to surround the practice field, who's going to have more pressure when their feet get on the field? Is it going to be Zimmer or is it going to be the quarterback Cousins? Well, that's, a, that's a great question. We're one of the longest what, franchises without a Super Bowl win. You know, we've never, you know, we've never had one either. So, um you know, I think that's a great question only because I think Zimmer is secure in his position because you put Zimmer, you know, and, and Rick Spielman kind of together. Um, but I think he's pretty secure in his position. The only thing that's been changing a lot are his assistant coaches, the guys that are underneath him. That's kind of the only thing where if you take it, take a step back, you kind of, you know, scratch your head, especially on offense with, you know, with the Kubiaks and with, with all these guys that have been rolling through. Um, but I do think Cousins now... Yeah, with Kellen Mond, uh, you know, people, we we have him kind of in the background a little bit. Um, I think it, I think the it's going to fall on on the shoulders of Cousins, and I think a lot of the most of the fans are going to put it on the shoulders of Cousins this year. 
Well, Pete, Jim Miller here. I come from Detroit, so Lions fans take offense to what you just said. At least you've been <laughs> four times. But I talked Ugh. to you a couple of weeks ago. When you look at this Minnesota Vikings roster, to me, it's one of the best Zimmers ever built. We talked to you a couple of weeks ago on, on Sirius. Sheldon Richardson, you get Daniil Hunter back. Anthony Barr's back. Kendricks is healthy. This defense could be something special for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, you're absolutely right. I think um, you, you take a look at the guys that you bring in inside. Um, and we have a couple younger guys, guys like uh, you know, Janarius Robinson, who was a fourth round draft pick kid from Florida State who um, did a film study on him and, and loved the kid. But we got better up front. You know, we definitely got better with the D lineman. Uh, and that's where it all begins. And when you get Anthony Barr back healthy and you have Eric, you know, Eric Kendricks, if those guys can move to the football, I mean, really what we want to do is play too deep safety and we want to play kind of a gap and a half type of thing up front. And you can't do that with backup linemen. You know, you need, you need to have guys up front, um, you know, that can, that can play a gap and a half. And I think we brought some of those guys in and, and defensively we're, we're going to be heading in the right direction. No question about it. Yeah, throw in Dalvin Tomlinson, Stephen Weatherly, uh, and then the back end. We always seem to talk about your secondary because it changes uh, fairly yeah. frequently, except for, for Harrison Smith there. But Patrick Peterson at 31, uh, as you look at him and where he's at in his career, how big of an impact will he make at the corner position? And then uh, pairing Harrison with Xavier Woods now at safety. Yeah, I think, you know, Xavier Woods – is kind of a poor man's Harrison Smith. And, you know, what do I mean by that? You know, Xavier Woods, when you watch him on film, he can, he can do a little bit of everything. He's versatile, right? Um, not, uh, you know, he's, he's down in the paint. He blitzes. Um, he's covering a little bit of man to man. He's playing some deep half, some, you know, deep quarters. So you saw the Dallas Cowboys use him kind of in, in, in every way. And that, that's really the strength of Harrison Smith is that, when he walks up to the line of scrimmage, the quarterback has to respect him because he's a good blitzer. He's also pretty good in run support, you know, and, and he's, and he's really, he's good in coverage. He's not the best at his position, I think in any one of these categories. Um, but he definitely is probably the most all around safety there is. And you're pairing him with another guy in, in Xavier Woods. That's kind of the same way. I don't think he's as good as Harrison Smith, but he's, he can do all those things. So he can blitz and you can walk him down. And so that's going to allow Zimmer and the defense to play some games with those safeties, right? You know, one of Woods will walk up, uh, Harrison Smith will walk up. So it's going to give him a lot of versatility. Patrick Peterson is just going to give us some type, you know, at least give us a stabilizing force out at the corner position. It's been, you know, it's been musical chairs with guys coming in and out, guys getting hurt. Um, and, you know, watching Peterson last year, you know, he got he got guys behind him. Sometimes I think those were issues that he had with Buda Baker and communication. But I think if you, you know, he faced the number one receiver for the Arizona Cardinals last year, week in and week out. And if he doesn't have to do that with the Vikings and we could just sprinkle him in or give him a break and not put so much on those 30-some-year-old legs, I think he can get a good year out of him. Pete, at the end of the season, Minnesota MVP, Dalvin Cook or Justin Jefferson? Um, you know, I mm, I think Dalvin Cook still still is going to be the MVP, and mainly because so much of what our, our offense does is based on him. Um, 
you know, you, with the play action passing game, um, with the way Dalvin can pass block, uh, and again, his explosiveness in the running game, I think he is. And this is not, and this is not to take away from from the you know from the from the young man, but Dalvin Cook is is what makes this offense go. He does. Justin Jefferson, um, it, he he fits this thing perfectly in what Cousins wants to do with the play action and you know getting the ball deep down the field when you're trying to cover him one on one. You have eight guys in the box to stop Dalvin Cook. Yeah, then you know then we're going to get you with our wide receivers. But yeah, it all starts and stops, I think, with with Dalvin Cook. Well, key MVP. Spot, uh, he, he's our MVP right now. All right. Yeah. Well, a key spot up front is going to be that left tackle position. And much like the Chicago Bears that have Tevin Jenkins, who they drafted, Christian Darasaw, by all indicators, he's the, he's the real deal. What are the early indicators that you see, Pete? Well, he missed a little bit of time because he had a he had a uh, um, abdominal injury in college that flared up on him. Um, Christian Darasaw is going to be as good as he wants to be. And, and, and I think I, I, I kind of look at Tom in this respect and you see these guys that are so big and they're so athletic, they get drafted in the first round. It's just because of their height, weight, speed, they're immeasurable, they're, they're measurables, excuse me, but it's the, it's the immeasurables that are going to make this kid. If he can stay healthy and if he will, you know, if he, if he works hard. And, and it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to even speak those words to say, yeah, if this guy comes in and just works hard, he's going to be a great pro, but that's the case. I mean, he, he's in a monster of a kid, um, great feet can recover, can do all those things. The scouts talk about It's just a matter of him putting it all together. So our fin- you know, you get your fingers crossed and we know that with the way spring ball is in college and with the way these college kids come out, they're less and less refined there's more and more for them to learn from a technique standpoint. Um, mentally, tackle's not as hard as most positions. You know, you block the defensive end 90% of the time, you're going to be right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not that, <laughs> mentally, it's not that much of a challenge. Uh, it's the physical challenge, and, and he's going to be going against the best defensive players in the world week after week after week at that position. It, does he have the mental toughness to, to compete? You can't take a snap off. You can't have a bad quarter you can't have a bad series you can't so um that's just that's the only question with him and you know uh fingers crossed he's you know he's going to be the left tackle for the next four or five ten years i guess well pete you know the one thing pete bursich uh, analyst for the minnesota vikings and chicago area product joining us here on bears all access with top there jeff joniak jim miller one more round of questions from us Uh, you, you you also left out the one important thing you know you alluded to tom as one of those big guys coming out of college but he also has the Neanderthal gene, you know, and right. so he comes in well, as, that's, as a badass. And right. well, that's never going to change, right? That he's still that way right now. Right. If you look, if you look in a, a, a you know a scout, the scouting bible, there's a definite personality difference between guard and tackle, right? The guard is the guy that's going to try to date your sister and take her out, right? <laughs> the guard, the the guard is the guy that you got to keep an eye on they're the dirty ones they're the mean ones and the, you know the tackles are the tackles are just they're a little more calm and you know this kind of flow and or whatever but it, it you gotta you gotta be to be an offensive guard you gotta have a little you know what in your neck and so i don't i don't i don't trust him as far as i can throw him 
Hey, Pete, what, what about your uh, once-in-a-decade transition at the tight end position? You got oh. rid of Kyle Rudolph, and now, you know, there's there's still a lot of high expectations for that position because what it means to Dalvin Cook in the running game, what it means to the passing game. But how is that going to transition at that position? Yeah, that's I think that's a great question. And I think in this day and age with all the, with all the five-man fronts, the bare fronts and things that you see, um, a, a good run-blocking tight end is – you know, is, uh, is, is, is a necessity. I did a study on, on all of Dalvin cooks, big runs from last year. And amazingly Kyle Rudolph was in for quite in for in quite a bit of those. And that Kyle Rudolph was in what I'm saying is Kyle's not the guy pile driving these defensive ends and moving bodies. It's the threat of the pass. And then the threat of the, you know, the threat of the pass at the same time, um, Kyle was a, he was a, a good blocker at best. Irv Smith Jr. Uh, is a little bit more of a fullback type of a body, not as tall and long. Um, and Irv Smith Jr. was in for quite of those plays. And a lot of those were, were him coming out of the backfield, some misdirection things. Um, so with Irv, we have another guy, Tyler Conklin, who we really thought was more of a run blocker, but he wasn't on the field much for these runs. He's going to be He's more of a receiving tight end, but it's Irv Smith Jr.'s show. We've seen it with tight ends. It, 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 in your guy that you guys have is, I would love to have him. What's he, Notre Dame guy? I forget his name off the top of my head. But yeah, it, come at. Yeah, come at. And, and the reason why is because he, he can do both, right? He's a good blocker and he's a, he's a good receiver, but Komet would be, I think, a perfect fit for us. Uh, but it takes a while. It takes it takes a couple of years for tight ends to develop. I mean, they got to learn the run game. They got to learn all the fundamentals of run blocking. They got to do it from the left side, the right side. And then they got to learn how to run routes and memorize the pass tree and do all those other things. So um, Irv Smith Jr. is, is kind of, I think, a, a quiet little key for our offense. If he can really take it to that next level and be a threat, because I don't know who our number three receiver is going to be. You guys, that's a, you know, you guys probably wondering too, maybe not, maybe you don't care. I don't, <laughs> I don't blame you, but you know, who's, who's that number three receiving threat. And right now, Irv Smith might be our, our, our number three receiver too. Well, it's interesting. Zimmer put his number on parole just to motivate Ola BC and the other guys that are behind him, uh, BB as well. I thought that was pretty interesting right before you guys leave for training camp. Last one for me, Pete, and always appreciate your time. When you look at Mike Zimmer as a coach, typically he's been a pretty conservative coach, but all the pieces look to be in place that you just explained. Do you think he's more aggressive this year in 2021, knowing the roster that he has in place? Um, maybe aggressive, maybe aggressive in play calling. Um, you know, I, I don't think with, with, with Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, you know, that's 650 pounds of bodies in the middle. I think when our defense is playing at its best, it's a little more conservative. You know, it's a little bit more of the two, you know, two deep shell type of a game that he plays. Um, that's when our, that's when our defense is at its best. It's not a, it's not a pin your ears back and blitz and get after him. Uh, so from a play calling standpoint, I think defensively, he might get a little bit more conservative. I think offensively is where, uh, you're going to see, I think, maybe hopefully a little bit more, not, I would say, explosivity, but just some more chances, I guess, being taken, you know, yeah, being a little bit more on fourth down and things of that. Yeah. And, 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 you know, here's another thing, too, with fans in the stands again for the first time, you have 
you have a whole pile of rookies from last year that have no idea what crowd noise is all about. They have right. no idea what it's like, uh, you know, uh, when you're when you're playing defense and it's third and one and or fourth and you know fourth and inches and you're at home and you have the crowd noise. You know, the coaches have to kind of get used to that too. You know, the coaches are going to have to go back and say, "All right, yeah, we we couldn't do this. We couldn't hard count all the time. We couldn't do all these different things because we're." on the road and in and, and the crowd noise and that's all coming back as well too. So, um, but you know, Zimmer has, is, is, is definitely methodical. He's not um, a gambler by nature on defense as a play caller. Uh, but again, and I think the other part of it too, is special teams. Special teams have been a bit of a thorn in our side. We don't know who our punt returner is going to be. Uh, we don't know who our kick returner is going to be. Not that that's as important as it used to be. Um, but I'd like to see him get a little bit more, you know, some fakes. I mean, it's just, I think he might get a little more aggressive that way only because he's going to have, I think, a lot more confidence in his defense. Well, you mentioned Thorne in the side. Uh, the Bears have been to the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. One and four record for Cousins at quarterback against <laughs> beloved Navy Blue and Orange. <laughs> you know, and now we're not going to see it for six months. We don't play the Vikings until Monday night at Soldier Field, December 20th, and that your place to yeah, wrap well, things up as we always do on January 9th. So, Pete, it's been nice knowing you until then. Well, you know, and that's my – I have a question for you guys. Is is your – you know, the schedule, you take a look at it, 17 games, you know, it's a bit of – but it's all division heavy in the second half. I think all of our division games are the last – eight weeks of the season. Now, I don't know if that's just a Viking specific thing, or is that something the league is doing now trying to get all those division games? Cause if, you know, with that being the case, you can almost look at it and say, Hey, if we start slowly, not too worried about it because the real games, the important games are all in the second half of the season. Well, that, that's a fair point because you know, also it's survival of the fittest by then too. roster erosion due to injury and whatnot uh, that could come into play in the division. And, so many wild card stories. You can't really predict what's going to happen. And you never can. That's why I always laugh when uh, the writers start to, oh, this is what the record's going to be when the schedule comes out in, in April. It never works out that way. Pete, we got to run. Thank you All so right, much. Guys. Always good to talk Thank to you. Thank you, Pete. Another Thanks. Take segment care. Thanks, coming up guys. here on Bears All Access with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago, or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears official app. Welcome back to our program tonight, Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. With Tom Thayer and Jim Miller, I'm Jeff Joniak. Just heard from Pete Bursich, uh, the longtime analyst for the Vikings. Uh, there were so many things, fellas, that we didn't get to talk about because the, the interesting aspect of Gary Kubiak, no longer there, but son Clint, uh, Jim, as the offensive coordinator now, they keep it in the family up there with Mike Zimmer's kid, Adam, as the co-defensive coordinator. Uh, they're, running out of, they're running out of siblings and so forth up there. Yeah, well, well you look at it. Obviously, Kevin Stefanski was uh, a really good play caller. He moves on to the Cleveland Browns, but really Kevin and Clint grew up together. They were always under... Uh, Gary Kubiak and he kind of took them under his wing and you know I think they're both fantastic coaches and I think Clint is really isn't going to stray away from what his dad has really wanted to do it's really about the outside zone run and it's about the play action pass off it they do a lot of bootlegs they do a lot of play action they've got two fantastic receivers plus I believe Irv Smith is a pretty strong uh, tight end so I don't think Clint is going to stray from the from the script. He knows what they do well, and they're going to stick with their bread and butter, and they've got a good defense to back it up. 
And Tom, when you look now at the Vikings depth chart and you hear all those names, especially the big beef up front defensively, how it matches up with what the bears are going to want to be in 2021 offensively with Andy Dalton, getting rid of the ball quick, getting it to the guys uh, in the right areas at the right moment. Um, he's a confident quarterback in the pocket and he knows how to trigger. He's got poison there, but the guys up front, as you alluded to in the first segment tonight about Tevin Jenkins, it's the entire offensive line in general now to deal with that. How do you see the bears matching up with the bikes? You know, what's weird, Jeff, and you brought it up with Pete. The first time the Vikings play the bears, it's it's beyond the halfway point of the season. So what we're dreaming of and talking <laughs> about, true. and I know all these people said, <laughs> all the Minnesota Vikings have one of the top 10 rosters in the NFL. It, and we're, what are we, July 1st? Yep. What do, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's because what, a, what team are they going to be facing when they, you know, they face each other the first time. So yeah, if Minnesota stays healthy on the defensive side of the ball and Mike Zimmer gets some consistency in his lineup and some of these guys that they signed at 30-plus years old can hold together for the entirety of the season, that's exactly what Mike Zimmer is looking for. He's going to let the offensive coaches coach the offense. But now you got to talk about Kirk Cousins. Is he going to be the efficient quarterback in which they dreamed of when they signed him a couple of years ago from Washington? Is Dalvin Cook going to be the running back who's capable of being one of the best in the NFL at that position? And is Justin Jefferson going to be able to answer the bell in year two? Because he's not going to become, he's not going to start as an unknown. He's going to be known as their star quality football player. And every defensive coordinator is going to try to put together packages, how to take him off, not off of the field, but out of the game to, to limit his impact. So there is so much that is going to change in between now and the first time the Bears see the Minnesota Vikings all true Jim but you know this is what football brings to the table this is why the NFL is so great we can talk about this stuff July 1st and uh, dream about the matchups uh, well, by the way coming up in our next segment we're going to preview our next position group last week uh, Jim you missed uh, missed out on the offensive line we're going to tackle the receivers in our next next segment but you know uh, the thing about Zimmer that I respect they're going to be competitive no matter what the, yeah. they, he's never lost uh, he's never had less than seven wins. He took his team to the NFC title game just a few years ago in 17. The Bears were great in 18. So, you know, the rebound is expected for both because of the, the types of star quality they have on both sides of the field. Look at Dalvin Cook. You take Aaron Rodgers out of the mix, he might be the best player overall in the division if yeah, it's yeah. not Aaron Rodgers in terms of his impact. Well, here, here's what I think of Zimmer. Right, he's a defensive coordinator by trade. Let me just give you their defensive statistics from last year. They finished 27th overall in the NFL. They were 29th in stopping teams scoring. They were 27th against the run. They were 25th against the pass. They were 28th in sacks. These things do not sit well when you're a head coach and you're a defensive coordinator. That has to be corrected. That's where they directed all their attention here this offseason, and Zimmer will not let that I can guarantee you every week he gets in front of that defense, he's going to tell them how, how bad they sucked last year defensively because that's where his stamp is. It's on defense, and he wants that to, to emerge again. And, Tom, I feel the same way about Matt Nagy in front of his offense. Yes. If you don't think that sits well with him, what's happened the last couple of years, 
I, I think that is as big a story as, as Zimmer's defense in Minnesota. Oh, no doubt about it. And, you know, you always have to have that caveat, that asterisk, if Aaron Rodgers, whatever, however you want to finish that sentence, because I think it elevates the role of each of these head coaches because they've been around their teams for a period of time. They have a real confidence that if Zimmer's defense stays healthy, he can provide a spark for the team. If Andy Dalton continues to emerge as the starting quarterback in the development of Justin Fields, this offense has potential ahead of it. And so, yeah, both of these coaches, they have a, a lot of, um, I think they have, it's not pressure. I think they have a lot of confidence of, and they can bring to the table what's needed from their, from their football team and their players. And I think there's a, a more weaponry uh, on the skill set uh, that uh, fits Matt Nagy's scheme and what he wants to do. We'll broach that the receivers coming up next as we do our camp breakdown ahead of the July 27th start at Hallisaw with Jim Miller and Tom there. I'm Jeff Joniak on Chicago sports radio, 670, the score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. I got two guys, two ex-NFL players with significant NFL experience uh, that uh, get, gets through the rehab with re hip replacements, knee replacements. You guys, <laughs> you guys could speak to all this. Uh, Tom just had one. How's that been? And what advice would you give to other NFL players that put in the time you did a decade plus in the league, not to mention your experience at the high school and college level to uh, prepare for what's next and how to stay active and, and stay, stay ready for anything because you, you just don't, you're not a guy that's not going to sit around neither is Jim. Right. I mean, I just think you got to be diligent about any type of rehab you ever go throughout the course of your career. If you're a young high school kid that has an injury and then you have to go to physical therapy, be diligent about it because it's going to help you in the long run. It's the same thing after hip replacement. The, the process of going through the physical therapy is the reason why I feel as good as I do right now. I don't feel like I'm any more inhibited in anything I can do. The first thing I asked the doctor, can I surf after I get this thing done? He goes, I've never had that question asked of me, but <laughs> we'll see as the process goes. And so I went to see him a couple of weeks ago and he says, I wouldn't stop you from doing anything you want. So, um, Listen, man, it's, uh, we're super fortunate in the world of today that we have the procedures that we can have in order to get back on our feet. And I feel just as good today as I, as, as I ever have. Jim, what's the checklist on you? You've had a lot done on that uh, battered body <laughs> as a as former <laughs> NFL quarterback. Uh, but, you know, you got a smile on your face. You're still doing what you love. But did you handle your rehab for all the different surgeries and then replacements that you've had? And did you, did you do it according to plan or did you, uh, are you one of those guys that said, eh, you know, like most people, they don't do exactly what they're told to do. Right. No, I, I'm, I'm like Tom, you got to attack it, you know, cause uh, you know, you want to live life, you know, for Tom, whether it's surfing and, and getting back to, to things that he enjoys for me, it was about playing with my kids. You know, I want to be able to go out and throw a football with my, with my sons, teach them sports, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, you name it. And I want to show them how to compete. And so much like uh, your rehab, you got to compete, you got to attack it, you got to get after it. If those are the things that you want to be able to do. And so I took it pretty serious, just like Tom and uh, everything worked out just fine. So I went through that surgery a couple of times. It's not fun, but I'm glad I did it because I'm able to live and enjoy all the things that I want to do 
in order to teach my kids how to compete and play sports as well. All right, let's tackle the wide receiver position for the Bears in the 2021 camp. I'm going to throw you guys this right out of the gate because I feel it's extremely important, as is the slot corner on the other side. The best slot receiver on the Bears, the guy who can sink into his cuts and find those openings in, in very tight phone booth areas and move the sticks and threaten the defense from that position. Uh, Tom, we'll start with you and go to Jim. There are many candidates, and you could even throw, you know, the, the top receiver on the team in that mix. He's good at that. But how important is that for the eyesight of the quarterback and just the overall effectiveness of the offense if you have a slot receiver that can really be dangerous and own the middle of the field? God, I, I think it kind of goes hand in hand with the tight end position, whether it's Jimmy Graham or Cole Komet, because the tight end is going to be an, a big interior pass-catching athlete that can attract a lot of attention, especially if he becomes featured in this offense. And then you think about some of the speed they brought in to compete at that slot receiver. Now, if they can have the element of speed and concern on the other side, it is going to continue to open up opportunities for the outside guy, but it's going to provide a bigger window of opportunity for the quarterback in the interior of the field. You know, and I'm interested to see what is the future of a guy like Tariq Cohen, because I do still believe that he's a type of guy with his skills and his open field kind of threatening ability that he could kind of morph into that slot receiver. So now you're talking about the development of depth. You can keep Darnell Mooney on the outside with Allen Robinson. Now when you got Bird and Goodwin and Tariq Cohen and stuff, you have a variety of guys and styles that you can put at that position. Yeah, I, I think for me, I think clearly the Bears want it to be Miller. They want it to be Anthony Miller. He's had 49 receptions last year, but clearly the message has been sent, right? He's been on the trade block. They brought in competition to challenge him. He, to me, has to take the next step when you look at Anthony Miller. So whether it's maturity, whether it's more polish, he should have been working his fanny off this whole offseason because everything, every message for him to get the light bulb to go off has been sent to motivate him. So to me, Anthony Miller is really a guy in the spotlight. Right. I, I feel, you know, and I banged the table for this guy for forever for the time he got. I just felt he'd be an excellent slot receiver because he's got the quickness to get away after the catch. He's got some physicality to him, but you got to be in the right place to the right time. And that's the message sent down. So that brings us to Demir Bird. I'll start with you, Jim, because he did have an excellent season with New England last year, and he's got all that speed to play that position. Yeah, I like uh, Demir Bird. I think he's a solid guy that you can count on. He has the size that you're looking for uh, from that standpoint. And, you know, he's got the quick uh, the quick juice uh, that, to get to where you need. He's just a little jitterbug uh, that he's going to compete at that position. So another opportunity uh, for, or an opportunity for him, I, I should say, to really overtake Anthony Miller. So I think really it's up to him and what he comes in to do. But I think he's a steady guy that you can count on, and that's what he brings to the table coming from New England. Tom, what are your expectations for Darnell Mooney? Because Allen Robinson now is taking him under his wing. I think he's looking up to Allen. They're working out together, and Allen gave him the blessing last week of uh, this is the this, watch out for what this guy is capable of doing. Well, I think it goes back to a message Matt Nagy delivered in the course of OTAs and mandatory minicamp that because of what um, Andy Dalton is going to deliver, you better be in the right spot, you better be in the right place, and you better have immediate expectations that the ball is going to be in your face. 
It's not going to be something where the quarterback's going to sit there and wait, see you open, and then throw the ball. He's going to put the ball in the position like the, like the play is drawn up. So I think whether it's Darnell Mooney or Anthony Miller, any one of these receivers, you better be in the right spot. And I like that message that was delivered early by Matt Nagy about the traits and uh, the thinking process of Andy Dalton, because it's not going to be being a general vicinity. No, it's going to be where you're expected to be. If it's 12 yards and in, be 12 yards and in. Don't be 10 and a half yards. Don't be 14 yards. So I like the exact science to the offense because I think you can be more threatening if everybody understands their exact role in that the general concept of the, the offense. All right. Tell you what, we're going to continue the conversation because there are many more receivers to discuss our final segment just ahead here on Chicago sports radio, 670 the score. This segment of bears all access is brought to you by CDW people to get it. One more to go. Our final segment with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL radio, moving the chains with Pat Kerwin, uh, Jim, uh, July 15th, the deadline uh, to get any deal done with uh, franchise players in the league, and that includes Allen Robinson. Do you have any inclination that there could be an agreement, or will this uh, just carry on through? Yeah, I think it'll just carry on through. I think Allen Robinson will play under the franchise tag. He is the Bears' number one wide receiver, and I think he'll be a true pro like he's always been a pro. I don't think he's happy about it. I'm sure he did want to get a, a long-term deal, but the Bears have to – you know, they have every right to place the franchise tag on it and let this play out. And so another year will pass. I think Allen Robinson will prove to be who he is. And then the Bears will have another decision uh, to make. You know, the key after that is, you know, who's going to emerge? Because the Bears have drafted the young receivers like a Riley Ridley. Anthony Miller still needs to pr uh, prove himself. And you look at Javon Wims, who will have an opportunity. Can he, can any of these players step up and really replicate what Allen Robinson uh, has done. So that's why the Bears drafted him. And who knows, he might be leaving in, in free agency next year, or the Bears will have a decision to slap another franchise tag or really extend him and, and really ink him to a lucrative contract. I think he'll be a pro's pro about it, though, and he understands the position he's in, and he's got an opportunity to, to prove himself and show his worth to the entire NFL. 200 receptions and nearly 2,400 yards, Tom, over the last two years with the Bears. And, you know, he, he said all the right things at the veteran mandatory minicamp about what he is planning to do. He sees great potential still for himself as a player. He's not hit his ceiling yet. And he's working hard to deliver on uh, an addition of speed with a ball in his hands after the catch, which, you know, in this day and age in the NFL, you can't get everything with long bombs down the field. You got to get guys with the ball in the hands and get them yards after the catch to move those sticks. And he has that capability. You know, yards after the catch sometimes are because of the quarterback is so efficient and where he's placing the football in terms of how close the coverage is to him. And he said, look, I like to turn, I would like to turn a, a eight yard catch into a 12 yard catch. So he's not looking at things unrealistically. But when we look at things, we have to look at things from a business standpoint and then a player standpoint, because I admire everything Allen Robinson has ever shown to the Bears fans, the organization, what he's willing to do and the type of influence and the cloud he carries inside the, the locker room. And then you have to look at it from a business standpoint. When you look at what the salary demand is, <coughs> excuse me, for those top couple receivers in the league, 
That's when you have to start weighing the, the player against the pay. Allen Robinson, love the guy. I, I think he uh, demands and he commands the respect he gets, but then you have to start looking at it financially. All right, lastly, before we go, Marquise Goodwin, he will be at training camp because he did participate in the long jump at the Olympic trials, and Eugene did not uh, become a, a member of that unit headed to uh, Japan. And I, I think after an opt-out season, Jim, uh, his body feels fresh. If he can stay healthy, you're adding a lot of speed again to this mix. But the health is always a concern. Yeah, it certainly is. And, uh, you know, for him, I think he's a, he's a veteran player that really – that they're going to be able to, to count on. I think he's hungry to return to the sport. He's obviously very competitive, as you mentioned, uh, trying to train uh, for the for the Olympics. So I think he brings a lot of, to the table. And I think, again, he's going to be a message sender to all those young receivers, whether it's Anthony Miller, whether it's Demir Bird, whether it's Javon Wimps. This is what it takes to be a pro. And he's been a pro for, for a long time, and he'll definitely add something to the, to, to the mix for the Bears at wide receiver. He's a guy you can count on. You know, real quick, real quickly, Jeff, I don't think we we can't underscore the important role that these guys are going to take on special teams. Who of these speedsters are going to be able to handle that role? Because it, it means a lot to field position success for the Bears. That's Tom Baird, Jim Miller. Jim, thanks. We'll talk to you next week. That'll do it for Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Have a good night, everybody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.